Do need to make sure if you lead a high stress lifestyle, that's gonna to contribute to bone loss too. And I don't just mean, it could be psychological stress too. Fear, worry, emotionally charged thoughts, financial challenges, family conflict, keeping up with the perfect lives of the Joneses on social media. All of those things need to be checked, right? You need to create a plan around reducing your stress ongoing. Improving your sleep is super, super important. It's pretty well documented. If you have poor sleep, that will reduce your bone quality. So sleep is, is really important. And then exercise. You have to be exercising in a way that's gonna help you build bone strength and also in a way that's gonna lay the foundation for preventing fracture and injury, not just now, but in the future too. We need to do the right things, have the right body mechanics and do the right exercises also. Girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Hey there, everyone. This is Dr. Anna here. I was coming down the stairs today. I had a glass in my hand and my laptop and my journal and my phone in my other. I had my glasses on because I was reading something, of course, as I'm walking down the stairs in my new house, because we have a basement here in Dallas, one of the very rare homes with a basement. I'm wearing my Italian leather sandals and I slip crashing. I've never slipped or fallen downstairs that I can ever remember. And I crash on the stairs. I jam my finger. The drink goes flying, but I hold on to my laptop, my phone and my journal. I don't know if there's a priority thing going on there. And the drink was just water, by the way. It's not like I was drinking alcohol, lost my balance, fell down the stairs jammed my finger. It's bruised. And, but my nails are really nice and short. So I didn't break a fingernail because they're already cut short and bang onto my buttocks on my back down these wood stairs, about five stairs down till I was able to stop the cataclysmic <laughs> sequence of events that led me on the stairs and, and feeling very hurt. Like I, you know, I, my daughter heard the, the commotion, uh, my daughter, Amanda, and she came to me right away, got in front of me and and helped me stand up and I took off my shoes right away and got to work uh, recording, not this podcast, but an earlier podcast. And I just said, thank God I've got strong bones, right? Just thank God I have strong bones because that could have been a very devastating situation. I think of the patients when I was a young doctor in my twenties and thirties, taking care of patients. And if they were in their fifties, they were old and 56, so very young. And, oh my gosh, if you had a, if you fracture your hip or have a vertebral fracture, I mean, these are things that completely diminish your quality of life and put you in a hospital bed, limit your mobility. And before you know it, I mean, that is often we say in, in medicine, that's the first step downhill. 
when you break a bone, when you break a hip, when you have need a hip replacement, when an elder falls, they break their wrist. It's a, it's a bad sign. And so I wanted to bring to you, and actually it was very coincidental that I have on my show today, the day that I fall down my stairs and not break anything, touch wood, thank God. I have the absolute genius in bone health and bone restoration known as the bone coach, Kevin Ellis. Kevin Ellis, he's better known as the bone coach and he is certified integrative nutrition health coach, a podcaster, a YouTuber, a huge influencer, a bone health advocate. And he loves us women and bones and, and really like we'll talk about his own journey with a diagnosis of osteoporosis in his early 30s. So I'm going to share with you Kevin's story and Kevin's journey and his brilliant wisdom. Thank you, Kevin, for being here today. How do you like that story? It happened today. Well, I don't like that you fell down the stairs, but I'm glad you made it out okay. And yes, uh, it sounded like there are some priority things going on there. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But if it was tequila, most likely I would not have dropped the glass. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But yeah. So I think this this brings us to the whole concept. I, you know, I, I, I've taken care of younger patients than myself with osteoporosis and osteopenia. And a fall like this would be devastating. And I'm very grateful to the best of my knowledge. I did not break anything. <laughs> I just have a bruised ego and a bruised finger. But that's it at this point. So um, but tell, tell us about your journey and your diagnosis of osteoporosis in your 30s. Yeah. And that's, it's pretty shocking for a lot of people when they hear somebody in their early thirties, you know, right around 30 years old, getting a diagnosis of osteoporosis, especially a male too, because usually it's the woman 50s, 60s, 70s later on in life that they're getting that diagnosis. So for me, I would say even my health journey started long before I was told I had osteoporosis. When my mother was five months pregnant with me, my father was told he had cancer. And two months after I was born, he passed away at 35 years old. So my entire life, I had this fear that I was going to follow in his footsteps to an early grave and not be there to be a father for my own kids. Uh, so in my later 20s, after I had gotten out of the Marine Corps, I started having all these different health issues. I had poor sleep, high stress. I, I had a really hard time getting out of bed even some days. And then I was told I had celiac disease and I was malabsorbing nutrients for many, many years. And my body still needed those nutrients to execute its daily functions. So it was going to the bones to get those nutrients. And then I was subsequently told I had osteoporosis. And part of that was because of the whole celiac disease diagnosis and celiac disease. For those of you listening that aren't familiar with it, it's when it's an autoimmune condition where you ingest gluten. And that damages the villi, your nutrient absorption centers in your small intestine. And eventually what happens is those villi get blunted over time to where they can't actually do their job. They can't absorb those nutrients. And that, that's what was happening to me. Uh, so I had a, it wasn't even all the doctors that I was working with. It was actually a, a, a physician's assistant at the time who said, has anybody done a bone density scan on you when I, was, when I had celiac disease? And I was like, no, nobody's ever done that. So we did it. And I was just thinking, oh, you know, tough Marine Kevin, I'll, I'll be just fine. You know, my bones are going to come back just fine. And they weren't. And they actually, the way I was told, they didn't even call me. They didn't do anything else. They sent me a letter in the mail and said, you have osteoporosis, go on a gluten-free diet. And that was it. And I was shocked at that point. I, I, uh, I just felt the blood drain from my face. And I started looking online, like, what, what is my future going to be like? And it's all those things that you just started describing, you know, fracture and injury and 
I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to do something. So I went and I got a second opinion. They confirmed it was osteoporosis. And I really had this strong impetus at that point in time to start doing a lot of reading and research and consulting with people and figuring this out because I wanted to be there for my kids. Like my father wasn't there for me. So really strong reason as to why I wanted to do things. So I, as I was on this entire journey of improving my health and improving my bones, I realized it's not the 30 year old male that's dealing with this. It's the woman later on in life that has this issue and they're, they're faced with options of calcium, vitamin D, go for a walk, take a bone drug, and we'll see you in a year for your next bone density scan. And I'll tell you right now, that's not going to be enough. That's woefully inadequate. And, that's and it really... could actually do more harm than good. Exactly. So exactly. I love that you said that calcium, vitamin D, take a drug, go for a walk, right? Was that, was that what you said? This poor that's thing? exactly what I said. Because 90% of the time when I'm talking to people, that's what they tell me the, the prescription has been. And uh, that's really why I went down this entire path of becoming a health coach, building out a team of experts, creating Bone Coach and the Stronger Bone Solution, and having now helped people in over 1,500 cities around the world. And that's just continuing to rise every day. So pretty And in a very journey. solid way, in a very sound way, because I know that we agree on so much. And I think the biggest thing is the misunderstanding. Like, so now part of your journey was healing your gut. Supporting your micronutrients, lifting heavy weights. I mean, like what? So, so how do you work now with women in their 50s, 60s? What is the recommendation? Because oftentimes I get emails all the time. Should I take this bisphosphonate drug, for instance? Should I take this? And I think, gosh, in my experience, and that's always, they always tell you science, we like to say, don't be wary of someone who says, in my experience, I always think twice when I say this. And I think it was just the scientific medical community saying, don't trust your intuition. <laughs> don't trust what your eyes see. But in fact, we really need to, we need to trust what we are, what we see, what we feel, what we hear, what we know, what we smell, and I'll be open for more, right? Always open to a discussion and a challenge, but what do I, what have I seen? And I've seen women who have on, on bisphosphonate drugs, not have a better quality of life. And actually I had three patients in my medical practice who had degeneration of the maxillary bone. And we can talk about that a little bit because if if we have to build hard bone, first of all, we want hard, flexible bone, not hard, fragile bone that will shatter in case of an injury. And I think we're starting to see this. Uh, nutrition, creating flexible bone, using bioidentical hormones. There's many things we can do that have more benefits than consequences. Yeah, absolutely. And and what's really important is when people are told, when someone is told they have osteopenia or osteoporosis, there needs to be this pause before you just jump right into the first thing that's recommended to you. Because there's a lot more information at that point in time that you really need to make an educated, informed decision to move forward. So let's even just talk about real quick what osteoporosis is. That literally means porous bone. It's characterized by either not having enough bone formation, having excessive bone loss, or it's a combination of the two of those things. And when you have osteoporosis, both your bone density and your bone quality are reduced, and that's what increases your risk of fracture. You go, you get a DEXA scan or a bone density scan. You may have heard of this, and it's a painless test. You lay down. It's kind of like an x-ray, very low levels of radiation. And that scan tells you your bone mineral density, the actual mineral content of your bone, and then it generates this score. And that score is called a T-score. 
And the T-score is telling you how much your bone mass differs from the bone mass of an average healthy approximately 30-year-old adult. If you have a score of plus one to minus one, that's considered normal and healthy. If you have minus one to minus 2.5, that's considered osteopenia, which is a precursor to osteoporosis. If you have minus 2.5 or lower, so negative 2.6, negative 2.7, so on and so forth, that's considered osteoporosis. And the greater that negative number becomes, the more severe the osteoporosis. Well, at the time that you're told you have osteoporosis, most people only have one part of the picture. You have your bone density, the actual mineral content of your bone, how much bone you have. What you don't have is your bone quality, the actual microarchitecture of your bone, the structural integrity, how that bone is organized. Those two things combine to create bone strength. So most people at the point of diagnosis, they only have part of the picture. And that's why I have seen a lot of situations. I, I didn't say in my experience, and I checked that for a sec for you. Uh, but uh, I will say I've seen a lot of situations where people have bone density in the negative ones that have fractured multiple times. So technically osteopenia by DEXA, but negative threes, maybe they've never fractured. And a lot of that has to do with bone quality. Uh, so once you get that result, you need a little bit more information. You, you want that bone quality piece. There is a test, which is an add-on software to DEXA called TBS, trabecular bone score. Not all facilities have it, but if yours does, and you can ask, hey, do you have TBS capability on your DEXA machine? That can be the piece that gives you bone quality. So now you've got a little bit more information to start making objective decisions. And the, the last piece of this picture is, again, when you have your diagnosis, what a bone density scan will not tell you is if right now, present day, you are actively losing bone. So what do you have to do? Now, what we need to do is we need to look at some, some things called bone turnover markers. Urinary and these markers, exactly, right? We need to look at, there, there are a couple of different ones that we can look at. We need to look at the bone resorption markers. One of the most sensitive ones for uh, bone resorption is a C-telopeptide. Uh, that's a serum CTX test. That tells you the activity level of cells that are breaking down bone. And there's also an NTX, an N-telopeptide. That's either blood or urine. If you do the urine, you do the second catch of the day. And then if you're looking at the bone resorption markers, the bone breakdown side, you also want to look at formation. What's going on on that bone formation side? So the bone formation markers are... P1NP, pro-collagen type 1 N-terminal pro-peptide. That is the most sensitive marker for bone building uh, formation. And then you've got osteocalcin, which is another one. And you've got bone-specific alkaline phosphatase. So that really helps you get that full picture up front. So do you run this test as part of your bone coaching? Do you do these testing or are people able to mail away for them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, usually what we're doing, the first thing we try to do, there are a lot of different tests that people have to have up front. Those are two of the, the most important ones that you want to have up front. But usually the first thing we're doing is we're helping people figure out with the physicians they already have or they're already working with, how can we get those tests ordered? How can we support you in having that conversation to get that test ordered? And then how can we get it covered by insurance? Those are the biggest things we, we aim for first. Mm -hmm. And then if you can't, if, if for some reason, and most of the time, I would say 95% of the time, you're going to get them ordered. Your doctor is going to be able to order them and get them covered by insurance. 
If not, we can go outside of that and figure out a cost-effective way to do that. Yeah, especially with a diagnosis code of osteoporosis. I mean, that would definitely qualify to do way back when I had my practice to do urinary telepeptide testing. And yeah, I think it's who knows, right? Who knows now? But if we have a diagnosis, we really should advocate for that testing because it does give you the better picture. And if you have, and also, you know, the guidelines were that you didn't even get a DEXA scan covered by insurance till you're over 65, unless you had two or more significant risk factors, like we're a smoker or we're on steroid. And I don't know if that's still, still the case, but it is worth the expense of a DEXA scan, no matter where, what gets measured gets managed. And that's really what I like about this approach, because you can see change. A DEXA scan, you won't see anything for two years. But with watching your urinary turnover, so looking at how much turnover you have, we want to decrease that turnover. And that we can see in three months. We can do a test in three months. Are we on the right track? Can we see improvement with what we're doing? I imagine that what I'm doing is creating improvement, but is it actually? And looking at those measurements is powerful. A hundred percent. So many important things that you said there. Number one, long-term, the DEXA is a lagging indicator. We do not want to be doing things today and then just be hoping and praying that the things we're doing are going to lead to a result two years from now, because there's a good likelihood that they, there may be some things missing, or maybe, especially if you're still actively losing bone, you do those tests, you realize you're still actively losing bone. And there's a root cause issue that needs to be addressed. You have to then start objectively addressing those things and then reevaluate those, those bone turnover markers to see three, six months, nine months, one year, are you seeing improvement in those areas? So yeah, I think that's a, that's a really, really good point. Yeah, no. And then, so what are your steps? You're going to do the testing and then what? Yeah. So first thing, obviously identify and address the root cause issues of bone loss. That's the first part of this. The second part of this is you have to restore the raw materials and nutrients that you need for stronger, healthier bones through diet, through digestion, through absorption. You have to make sure you have the right inputs basically to build stronger outputs. That's, that's really the foundational part of this. And a lot of people don't realize you're not what you eat. You are what you absorb. It's mm. a really important part of this. So, so many people focus so much on the salads, the smoothies, the supplements. You know, if your body and your bones are like plants, they focus so much on the salad, smoothie, supplements, they fail to consider the soil. And your gut is really like that soil. That's where you're absorbing all of those nutrients. They're broken down to their final form and they're absorbed by those roots in your soil, those tiny little villi, those nutrient absorption centers. Those are the things that we have to make sure are, you're actually able to absorb your nutrients still. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, no, that's great. And you said addressing the root cause. So for you with celiac disease and malabsorption. Mm -hmm. And so for others, it could be steroid use, like asthmatics, cortisol use. It could be inflammatory condition, chronic inflammatory condition. It could be low testosterone, low adrenal function. Certainly menopause and postmenopause puts us at risk. What are some other root causes that I didn't mention? Yeah. So those are two different types of osteoporosis. You've got the primary osteoporosis that's typically related to the decrease in estrogen in postmenopause women. Estrogen has a protective effect on bone. Obviously other hormones do also, but that decrease in estrogen increases the activity level of the cells that break down bone. But the other cause of osteoporosis is secondary osteoporosis. And that's where 
Uh, it occurs as a result of behaviors, disorders, diseases, medications, and other, other things. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a few really important ones, glucocorticoids, uh, those medications. So that would be like prednisone, cortisone. Those, if you're taking those medications, those will contribute to bone loss. Big reason for that is they reduce your GI absorption of calcium. They increase your urinary excretion of calcium. That leads to a deficit. And, and your bones are the primary mineral of your bones is calcium. But then the other part of that is that those glucocorticoids, they're acting directly on your bone breakdown cells to increase their lifespan. And that's going to reduce your bone density. So that's a big one. Another big one that a lot of people aren't familiar with is SSRIs, selective mm. serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Those are typically used as antidepressants. There was a review of 19 studies on the effect of SSRIs on bone that indicate they're going to have a negative effect on, on bone mineral density. They're going to increase the risk of fracture. So uh, that's a big one. And then antacids. A lot of people take these and they're taking them for 10, 20, 30 years Sometimes I've seen people taking some of these medications and their proton pump inhibitors are designed to suppress stomach acid. Basically, this is your omeprazole, your Nexium, your Prevacid, mm -hmm. or it could be like an H2 receptor antagonist drug like ranitidine or Zantac. But what these do is they suppress the stomach acid in a lot of situations when someone has too little stomach acid, they're having the, the GERD, the reflux, the heartburn, things like that. And they're suppressing what little stomach acid they do have. The reason that's a problem is you need stomach acid to properly break down and extract nutrients from your food, like amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks of protein and your bones are 50% protein by volume. So you, you need amino acids. Uh, the other ones, calcium, magnesium, iron, B12, you need stomach acid for these nutrients. So plenty of studies that indicate long-term use of those are not going to be helpful for your bones. No, and they create more inflammation and acidity and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. I will add, like there's a lot of focus in medicine on estrogen replacement for bone loss and osteoporosis, but estrogen really works on osteoclasts. So decreasing the bone breakdown, mm -hmm. but progesterone, testosterone, and even DHEA work on the osteoblast. In other words, building back up stronger bone. So when we use testosterone or DHEA or progesterone, like we want to use that in patients with osteoporosis, that is, you know, in, in especially severe osteoporosis, that's probably a client that I may put a pellet into because testosterone pellet specifically because I want to get good, strong, high concentrations of testosterone to help osteoblast rebuilding healthy, strong, flexible bone. And that goes above and beyond what estrogen, estrogen just decreases bone loss, but the uh, androgens and proandrogens like DHEA in improve bone growth, remodeling and rebuilding. And so there's an argument there for progesterone, DHEA and testosterone and and certainly for the perimenopausal, postmenopausal hormone balancing and a very logical approach. Because you'll hear me talk about like, you know, I like physiologic levels of testosterone. I like the free, you know, the total testosterone in a woman to be 60 to 90, not 300, which we'll get in pellets, but in a case of, and also because it, physiology affects behavior and too much testosterone can make you angry, can make you dopamine seeking, can make you a fair thinking, can make all these things happen. So we don't want that. We don't want too much. But in the case of um, osteoporosis, I will, I do like to get it up 
for at least six months to those higher levels to help with bone regrowth and remodeling. And that's where I either do higher levels of testosterone injections, higher levels of trochee or pellets in those clients, but always balancing with progesterone and detoxifying the hormonal metabolite safely and diet and extra. I mean, you know, there's no sense. I always told my clients when they would come in to see me, I'm not going to prescribe you hormones if you're not going to take care of, you know, do some lifestyle modification. And there's no way because it's never just a prescription, a drug, a pill, a potion. So we've got to address the, you know, you, you've got to buy into this and you've got to make changes too. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. So where were we? We're going to do some hormonal management. We're going to work on dietary and nutrition. And so, you know, fasting is a big part of our lifestyle. Is fasting good for bones or bad for bones? If you're doing long-term fasting, so multi-day fasting, and you're not getting those nutrients and things like that, if you're in an osteoporotic state already, the longer-term fasting is it's probably not going to be the best thing to support your bone health. But in terms of somebody that's got inflammation, Anything that has inflammation is going to be contributing to and fueling bone loss. If you have digestive issues and things like that, you're trying to resolve, that can be an important part of your plan and making sure you're not snacking throughout the day and having those set windows that, you know, you talk to your, all of your people about Dr. Anna, that, that can be an important part of this too. So. Yeah. And I think the, for me, the big part of fasting, as we get older, intermittent fasting and not drinking with your meals drinking in between your meals. I mean, these little lifestyle hacks hugely help digestion and absorption, chewing our food 32 times or 42 times per bite. So digestion starts in the mouth and we're, in, we're not going to have, if we're, when we end up with reflex issues, it's because of stress and eating in 10 minutes, right? Like just inhaling our food and often and drinking with our meals. And I always say free refills is a cause of cancer. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We don't, don't want to be doing that. Don't want no. to be doing that. And it's a cause of osteoporosis too. So what is the bone coach? What does that look like to work with a bone coach and what does your bone health program look like? Yeah. So it's, stronger it's, bones plan, stronger bones plan. Yeah. So in our program is called the stronger bone solution, but it walks through very specific steps for people. And we kind of touched on the very high level of what the initial part is, is understanding where you're currently at. You know, if somebody comes back and they have active bone loss, we have to get to the root cause of that, right? We have to figure out what's contributing to that. Uh, and then we have to address those things. The next part of that is the diet, the digestion, the absorption. Uh, we have to make sure, you know, we're, we're getting the right nutrients, the right amounts. You're actually absorbing those nutrients. And then the, those nutrients are making it to the cell level also, which is super important. And then the third part of that is build. And this is a really important part. So a lot of stuff we were talking about before, aside from the hormones that you were mentioning, is it's addressing the, the bone loss. Now we need to get to the point where we're actually building bone strength. So you do need to make sure if you, if you lead a high-stress lifestyle, that's going to contribute to bone loss too. And I don't just mean, it could be psychological stress too, fear, worry, emotionally charged thoughts, financial challenges, family conflict keeping up with the perfect lives of the Joneses on social media, all of those things need to be checked, right? You need to create a plan around reducing your stress ongoing. Improving your sleep is super, super important. It's pretty well documented. If you have poor sleep, that will reduce your bone quality. Uh, so sleep is, is really important. And then exercise. You have to be exercising in a way that's going to help you build bone strength and also in a way that's going to lay the foundation for preventing 
fractured injury, not just now, but in the future too. We need to do the right things, have the right body mechanics and do the right exercises also. Yeah, no, I love that. I'm on board with all of it. And I would say, you know, sleep has been one of the biggest things that I've been hacking and I, you know, have a sleep suite, I call it beauty sleep suite, but from using melatonin to help get to sleep to, but ideally creating our own melatonin. So avoiding blue light, I should put my blue light blockers on. Certainly I should have them on while we're, we're talking, but, and so guys, blue light blockers, when we're at computers, screens, et cetera, my daughter is taking her blue light blockers to school with her too. And all of, all of my kids know to wear blue light blockers in front of their computer screen. And here I am not doing it today with my podcast, but you know, that's one thing is to, cause that's interferes with a good night's sleep. And we know that so we really want to address that. The second thing is like creating one big thing for me, it's like, Hey, you know, maybe I am just destined to be a five to seven hour a night sleeper. I'm an OBGYN. My dad probably got six hours of sleep his entire life into his nineties. But while we're sleeping, we need to help our body repair. And so like I created a new product called Night Seas. I mean, it's just out into my girlfriend doctor club community. It's called Night Seas and it has adaptogen. So maca and has the anti-inflammatories kudzu and hops, and it has some sour cherry or tart cherry for that use also additional magnesium because if while we're sleeping we need to restore rebuild and you know improve use that time for healthy regeneration and reparation so we can have healthy strong bones we can repair our muscles we can repair our brain cells so deeper restorative sleep is really the goal for me. And now as you know, and my audience, as I've done every, like I've been doing so many things, I was looking at my, I was like, I really need to do a, a comic commercial on this. And if you look at my, so now I've got night seas, I have my melatonin. I also don't recommend melatonin every night. I like you to cycle off of it. And if you're in the getting sunrises and sunset, you likely don't need it during that time of year. Winter is a different story. But summer, you know, it's not only if I've been jet lagged or whatever else. So melatonin, magnesium L-threonate, that's in my better brain and sleep. That's amazing for restless legs. It's amazing for brain health and hormone balance. So that those three, and then of course, progesterone, my balance cream, progesterone and pregnenolone. And then I've got a weighted blanket. I've got the um, music, uh, whole tones. Like I've got to pull that out again. I, you know, circle things. I've got mute for your nose. I've done an episode on that. I'm like, I have all the mouth tape. I mean, all these things to help us get a better night's sleep, but you know, they don't work if they're just sitting at your bedside or sitting in a drawer anywhere. Note to self. <laughs> <laughs> Got to use all these things, at least, you know, cycle in and cycle out. But I, I would just echo how important restorative sleep is and what we really want to be able to do, wake up feeling rested, have a clear mind, have a positive attitude. And so here we go. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's super important. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times too, with sleep, like you were talking about, it starts for a lot of people that can start early in the day too. The natural blue light, when you're waking up, you're getting sunshine and light early morning in the day, that natural blue light that comes in from the sun's rays, that's that's picked up by this thing called the suprachiasmatic nucleus in the brain. And the SCN is, that's our primary circadian pacemaker. And it's cueing, it's, it's telling the body, it's time to be awake, it's time to be active. The last thing you want to be doing in the evening is when you're looking at your phone right before you go to bed and you're seeing blue light 
again, because that blue light is signaling daylight. So what we, that we don't want to be doing that because that could be something easy. So I would put the, put the tech away an hour, hour and a half, two hours before you go to bed and do some kind of wind down, maybe incorporating some of the things that Dr. Anna, you just talked about too. Yeah. And then the other thing too, is what we saw with blue light, that it does affect lower testosterone. So we have that issue as well can lower our hormones and the hormones that help build back muscle and bone. So Kevin, tell our audience where to get a hold of you and how to work with you. Again, I love what you're doing. It's so sound. And so our physicians don't know this. They don't have the time to understand this. I learned through understanding functional medicine and really working in a solo practice. How can I help my patients? It's not enough to know that you have bone loss, but how do I know if the intervention is working and what's the right intervention? As physicians, we don't have time to go through a program, to take you through a program to handhold, or maybe maybe there are some offices that are set up to do that. It really helps in all things to have a good coach, to have someone to hold your hand, hold you accountable, and also uh, be your backup to reinforce, okay, the, you need to do these testing. You need to do this. You can't leave out exercise. You can't leave out sleep. Maybe these, these substances are affecting you. And this is how we're going to work together to get off of them like antacids and PPI. So it's really, and when it comes to it again, osteoporosis is one of the most, you know, I mean, it's, it's debilitating and it leads you, it leads us into further complications. And I think everyone listening has seen someone who has suffered a hip fracture mm -hmm. or a fall and just don't do well after that. So let's prevent that. As, yeah. especially if you've got stairs in your house, <laughs> don't yeah. wear your new Italian leather sliders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so people can, you know, what's interesting about what you just said too, is that we actually have and have had medical doctors, physicians, nurse practitioners, registered nurses, orthopedic surgeon come through our programs as participants, spend their own money to come through our programs as nice. participants and then refer their patients to us after they've gone through it. And that's really amazing to see because a lot of them talk about how that level of education is not what they're, they're not trained in that. They're, they can be very, you know, very intelligent people. A lot of them, they, they went into that field to help people, but the tool that they're usually have at their disposal to help people is a pharmaceutical. And most of the people that we work with, they're trying to do everything they possibly can naturally before considering that as an option, right? Exactly. So for us, I mean, you can always find me at bonecoach.com, but I would like to do something for your audience specifically, Dr. Anna, if we could, I'd like to give them access to my free Stronger Bones Masterclass. And I think that would be a great starting point for every single person that walks through the three-step process we use to help people build stronger bones, address the root cause issues, all that kind of stuff. It's 50 minutes, but it is an investment in your health and the skeleton. And if you if you can't watch it right off the bat, we'll send you a re replay as soon as you sign up for it. So if we could leave that in the show notes, I think that'd be a great place for your listeners to start with the free Strong Bones Masterclass. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Okay, we will put that in the show notes and for sure. So thank you. Thank you for that offer. And thank you for that. And bonecoach.com, yeah. lots of good information there, free downloads and 
additional resources to get everyone started. Plus your podcast, you're on YouTube Mm -hmm. and your podcast is everywhere. Podcasts are heard. And I've been a pleasure and honor to be a guest on, on your show as well. I was just actually looking at it this morning as I was prepping for our talk too. I was like, Oh, that was such a fun episode. So you guys check out, check out my episode with Kevin at the bone coach um, podcast and come back and ask us any more questions. I want to thank you again for being here. Rapid fire questions right now. You know, at the Girlfriend Doctor, we have four pillars that our uh, community is based on. It is nourish, shine, awaken, and embrace. These are the four pillars. And with nourish, I will ask you, what is, if you were stranded on a desert island, what would be the last meal, the one meal or the one food you would absolutely want with you? You know what I, I really like? I like scallops. I really like scallops a lot. Great seafood, great flavor. Yeah, those are a good one for me. Okay, we got you some scallops. All right. And then for shine, what is something that improve that you would say that creates that um, sparkle in the eyes, that smile on the face, that glowing outlook and personality trait that you definitely have, by the way? There's something external that gives that to me. Mm-hmm. I would say my kids mm. being a father because that yeah, I didn't have a father growing up and it's the most important thing in the world to me. So that is the number one thing for me. It radiates through you, Kevin. It does radiate through you. Awaken. What are you learning right now? I'm learning about uh, specific, go figure, interesting compounds uh, that can su- help support our bone health. Uh, one of them was uh, uracin. And it's found in arugula, and that can actually uh, it's it's can actually help support your bone health. I, I've always been a fan of arugula as something to incorporate into your plan, but there's a recent clinical study that just came out that uh, was talking about this this bioactive compound, and I love it. Just another reinforcing reason for uh, using arugula. I love it. That's great. And you know, thinking about too when we think about supplements, calcium. We didn't touch on this, but calcium's often the one that's touted, right? Calcium and that we say vitamin D is more important than calcium, but there's different types of calcium. We didn't go into that. But also one of the things that I learned in working with my osteoporotic patients is to rotate bone minerals. Like we could do three months of additional calcium supplementation, three months of strontium, three months of boron or a combination. I wonder what is your take on that? Yeah, I, I uh, especially if, if somebody's in the early stages of trying to figure out a root cause issue, I would probably want to see them address the root cause issue before they start that strontium, just because strontium can show an elevation in a bone density scan result. And in that bone density scan result, if they haven't addressed the underlying issue, and they're not relying on bone turnover markers, like we do want to look at the bone turnover markers, that that could give them a false indication that maybe they're going in the right direction when they might not actually be. The bone might not actually be stronger at that point. Uh, But in terms of the other nutrients, though, Calcium is super important. Magnesium is incredibly, incredibly important. I know you just brought that up a second ago, but that one is really important because magnesium helps you in so many other ways. It's got so many other roles inside your body. Uh, Vitamin D is important. Essential amino acids. I'm a big fan of those. Uh, Omega-3s. Anything that's helping dampen inflammation Mm -hmm. Inflammation. in the body. Yeah. Really helpful. 
always say to, to emphasize, you know, vitamin D helps, uh, tells your body to deposit calcium. Vitamin K says where, so mm-hmm. vitamin D three with K two. And I know you talk about that too. All right. Then finally embrace. Now I know you're in a wonderful, healthy, happy marriage. So what is the secret to that? What has been your secret to keep intimacy and connection? Have open communication around uh, what each of us likes and what each of us prefers, whether that's in conversation, whether that's in bed, any of that stuff, uh, it's all on the table. And being able to have open discussions about that is super, super important. So, Okay. And that brings us to a final question is what is your favorite sexual position? <laughs> being on top. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love asking that question because I never know what I'm going to get, but also love the embarrassing effect. And I think my audience cringes. Oh my God, I'm just going to ask this question. It's really, it's been really fun. Well, so I'll take it a step further. I'll be, applying, I'll be applying that at some point here in the, in the very near future. So <laughs> <laughs> very good. And that's probably another secret to your sparkle in your eyes right? Intimacy, connection, keeping that love and romance alive and oxy empowering oxytocin is the all, you know, all empowering healer. And it does keep us connected. It, it helps in so many ways. So you've given me lots of oxytocin here today on our call. And I know our audience too, you guys check out bonecoach.com. Kevin Ellis, he's got incredibly professional, well-based and scientifically sound approach to help you be empowered in health. I mean, it's not just helping your bones, right? It's certainly reversing osteoporosis. You've seen that you have the data to prove it, reversing osteopenia, creating healthy, strong bones. There's that, but it's also healthy, strong, busy. So that takes away any limitations that are keeping you from experiencing your true joys in life. And I want to encourage all of you to take a look at that bonecoach.com. You guys let me know. I'm really, really blessed and pleased to to have Kevin on my show and, and all the good work he's doing. And I thank all of you today for listening and sending in your questions and comments and what you'd like to hear more of on the Girlfriend Doctor show. It really helps me choose my guest wisely. And because you never know what tangent I could go on. So you guys keep me grounded. And every once in a while, we play with some wild cards. And I look forward to you guys sharing this information. There's so many people that need to hear this because I get questions every day about this. What drug should I take for osteoporosis? Or I'm in 30s and I was diagnosed and send this information out, share this story and uh, let me know how you do. Thank you guys for being here. God bless you till next time.